0: Thank you for checking out the Long Run Podcast. As you probably know, being a young adult is sometimes just as confusing as it can be exciting. Our 20s and 30s bring about many life-altering decisions and seasons of change. How we decide to live through those seasons will directly impact us in the long run. Our vision for this podcast is to help you make your life count by knowing Jesus, loving Him, and becoming like Him daily. Having said that, Here's the next episode of the Long Run Podcast. Oh, my goodness. Oh, sound check. One, two, is this thing on? Jeff, can you you hear
1: me? Yeah. Okay, good. Depends on where I put my earplugs.
0: Yeah, well, last time you had the L and the R mixed up, but that's okay. What's going on, podcasters, podcast world, whatever you call it? Uh, my name is Weston Downing I'm Jeff Jones Jeff Jones I know what you're thinking if you're listening to this you're probably wondering Weston didn't you have a podcast last year where you did eight episodes and we haven't heard from you since then yes I did you're correct but we are back and we're going to share with you what is going on if you notice as you have noticed uh we have renamed the podcast to The Long Run mm-hmm. Podcast, a little new name there. We've done a little bit of rebranding, but we've got a new vision. We've got a, a great mission we're on and a new name, and we we're excited. But enough about that. I have a new co-host, host, whatever your title is on here. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but you were expensive to get here. as yeah, I know. that's right. Tell me, tell the world who's listening about yourself, Jeff.
1: Okay. I'm Jeff Jones. I'm the campus minister at the University of Memphis. I work specifically at the Baptist Collegiate Ministry. It's a campus ministry that is located right here on the University of Memphis campus. And we uh, I have a wife, Jan, and four kids, Emily, Caleb, Ellie, and Inslee. And we live right here in the Bartlett, Tennessee area, right outside of Memphis,
0: I hate when people say outside of Memphis, Bartlett, Tennessee is in Memphis. People don't get that, but that's
1: okay. Our address is actually Memphis, but, you know, <laughs> who's counting? I saw that you brought a a prop into the studio for yeah, this. Yeah, man. I, I just, I'm really concerned about these things, and honestly, because I'm a Memphis fan, this is the only orange you'll ever see in our building. We, we've we basically, uh, you know, banned the color orange, not to say anything about our friends from the rest of the state, but right? You know, we've just got to be loyal here. So, But th- this is for disinfecting purposes. We've disinfected the table. For those of you who can't see it, he
0: is holding, which I'm holding right now, is a big bottle, can, whatever this, what would be the correct word for this? Canister, maybe? A, a big uh, canister, a big orange canister of disinfecting wipes. Uh, I went over there and touched his headphones earlier and he just wiped them all down. I was like, okay, okay, Jeff. Because it gets so, rid of 99.9% right. 9 back ninety nine point nine of bacteria in 15 seconds. But yeah, only orange that we have in this building because we are the University of Memphis.
1: Go blue. Go Tigers. Go
0: Tigers. That's but, right. Yeah. So, Jeff, the new name, the Long Run Podcast. Mm-hmm. That and then also we have a big group of students mm-hmm. and young adults listening from the... Uh, university of memphis baptist collegiate ministry this is actually replacing the thursday night worship called focus mm-hmm. uh these podcast episodes so shout out to that group of people hey. and shout out to the memphis bcm and yourself for letting us record in here right sure. now it's a sure. uh, sure. it's Glad nice it. it's nice not having to be in my attic yeah. last <laughs> year. Glad to make it happen. But tell us where did the name come from? Share with us our vision here. Well
1: basically, when you think about the long run, uh, you hear that phrase a lot when people talk about, hey, you know you're in this for the long run. Uh, somebody might get married and they're thinking, hey, we're together, we're in this for the long run or you know anything like that. and that concept is is that we realize that young adults make a lot of decisions while they're in this age group of college students. Uh, and before and after and so what we want is we want to make sure that we challenge young people uh, young adults to think about the decisions they make in light of the long run Uh, we realize that many uh, students who come to to school here will actually decide before they leave here who they're going to marry what they're going to do with the rest of their lives and how their lives are going to be lived. So it's sort of a crossroads. It's like where they're making a major decision uh, or major decisions, and we want them to make those decisions through the lens of Jesus Christ and a relationship with him, with his values, his vision, his purpose. uh, As they know him and as they love him and as they pursue him, then they'll have a life that will last for the long run for the purposes of God's kingdom.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I'm— I'm excited yeah. about this podcast and everything that we've got going on and in the, in the vision there that you uh, just brought up because the vision is to, to challenge young adults to know, love, and pursue Jesus mm-hmm. and through that lens, yeah. helping make decisions in their life, not so they can have a, a better life. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, some Christians, you know, they may say, well, God has a wonderful plan for your life, but I saw a, a book recently and it had that title in the front page was Stephen getting stoned. Mm-hmm. It's like God has a wonderful plan for you. But, <laughs> but his wonderful plan is for you to know him, to be with him. Yeah. And that's not so we can just have a, a comfortable life. Exactly, It may yeah. look like that. But yeah. so it's we're excited. It's a lot of big things going on. Sure. Um, and I think it's awesome. I mean, I think about my college career. And even if you're not in college, you're listening to this and you're working, uh, you're still making these same big decisions, whatever, sure. you know, what jobs you have, where you're living, are you staying at home? we go through countless decisions as young adults mm-hmm. and like you said we're at a pivotal crossroads and you brought something up the other day um about trajectory or something yeah. do you remember what you said about yeah. that
1: yeah it's just basically this is that if i decide i want to go uh, to a location in in the city of memphis for instance maybe even on campus just a just a mile away or something and and i set out and i know exactly where that compass is leading and i know if i want to follow this you know, direction to go to where I'm headed, then I'm going to actually need to go straight there. But if I just ad- adjust my course, even a half of an inch at the beginning, at the end, I'll be way off because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making a decision here before I leave on my journey there that will affect where I end up a mile later. I'll be so far off. And I, of course don't have all the the, the concepts of percentages and, right. and so on, but the truth is this, is a lot of people think that, hey, as long as I'm a Christian, I'm good. Right. I'm a Christian, and that sort of settles it, and so I can live my life then and hope God will bless what I'm doing. But the trajectory of your life is totally off if you're not constantly following the compass of Jesus' direction for your life and what he's called you to do. So, you know, you can't really follow him unless you know him. And the more you know him, the more you love him. And then the more you love him, the more you want to pursue him. And when you're pursuing him, your life will be not perfect, but it will be where it needs to be because you're actually following Jesus. You're not just making decisions and hoping that Jesus blesses where you're headed. You know, that's exactly right. So
0: and that's a, you know, I think about that as you're talking about that. I think back to we went to a thing in Panama City called Beach Reach mm-hmm. and what it is, it was about 400. Yeah, 400 mm-hmm. college students from Kentucky to Georgia from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Met a lot of good people down there, but we had the opportunity to go out and do street evangelism. And I'm—I remember I was walking out there. I was like, okay, well, this is <laughs> this will be about as pleasant as a root canal. I guess <laughs> uh, I heard that from somewhere about evangelism. But and but so many people, uh, we think about that and they're just living this life, mm-hmm. you know, focused on the world. And we know that because maybe most of the people that are listening to this podcast are Christians. But, you know, the gospel is for you to be saved. You hear right. it, you believe it, you accept it, confess that Jesus is Lord mm-hmm. and believe in your heart and you will be saved. Yeah. And, but it's just as much power to us as the believers because it's the why behind what we're doing. It's the hope exactly. for the future that Jesus did come live on this isle, uh, mm-hmm. this world mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago. He lived a perfect life so he could actually pay our sin debt mm-hmm. on the cross as he was on the cross, he yielded his finish, mm-hmm. meaning our debt has been paid. He was buried in a tomb for three days to prove he was dead. And he busted out of that grave, defeating death altogether. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're here recording this podcast. Yeah not so well i'm doing it so i can be seen but uh, <laughs> maybe not you jeff because you're so uh you're humble
1: no i, I'm, I don't want to be seen I, I, you know it's it's not as appealing as you weston
0: well but, you know you jeff know. just to call you out for a second uh prior to this the camera was kind of crooked behind me and he said are you, are you are you gonna put that camera on me i was like oh do you not want to be on camera he goes
1: no i mean i like the camera a little yeah, bit I'm sure <laughs> it, it helps me realize that somebody's out there watching you know so. that's exactly right but we, okay, we think about that. Like you said,
0: to know Jesus mm-hmm. and then moving forward to love him. And I did not really understand that concept of mm-hmm. loving Jesus until about two years ago because we throw around the word love. Sure. I love Xbox. I love McDonald's. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love candy. I love hanging out. I love everything. Yeah. We use the same word. I, I read a book. You know, Bob Goff, have you yeah. heard of him? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's everything out of his books you can just about quote. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a quote in there. He said, love is two things it's sacrifice and commitment sure and i know there's some people from my family group listen to this because i say it every week and somebody had a good question for me a few weeks ago they said well if love is sacrifice and commitment why have to sacrifice and commit to a job i don't like Hmm. doesn't mean i love it though i was like well that's a good point well sacrifice and commitment isn't always love but if love doesn't have sacrifice and commitment
1: it's not really love right
0: if if that love and that desire doesn't mm-hmm. birth into action. Yeah, is it really love? So when you take about that and you say, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind," if it's not birthing into action, faith without works is dead. Sure. And you can you can be a Christian, and I'm not talking about oh you're this lukewarm person, but you can be this person that you're serving. Mm-hmm. But you just you just maybe God feels far, yeah. maybe you're not spending as much time, it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel real anymore, yeah. your doubts are starting to uh, accumulate and you have to come back to the first love mm-hmm. you don't yeah. have to be this uh, prodigal son that has to return and everything yeah. But
1: well and I think that's what I love is to see the stories of different people who have experienced seasons of discovery and, and also seasons of Difficulty and struggling and all that kind of stuff. And I think some of what we're even trying to do in this is we're going to have different people who are going to come and actually be interviewed, and some of them are going to be here that have gone through difficulty. Some of them are far from God at one point, and now they're close to God. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see as we interview these people what that's going to be like and how God's, you know, love and and His Will has played out in their life uh for us to all see, so
0: and I, and I love it too, mm-hmm. because that that was initially your idea. My idea was when we were talking about this whole I was wanting to bring back the podcast I was like mm-hmm. i got to get Jeff Jones in there he's got stuff to say I got to get jeff Jones <laughs> now i've got Jeff Jones and Jeff's friends yeah. <laughs> just jeff, with people yeah. you know, and it's good though because for people my age, we need to hear experience, sure, need to hear some wisdom mm-hmm. spoken because um you really don't hear it unless you're in these other guys worlds because yeah. but it, but your idea is cool our idea whatever you call it because you're just giving them a voice yeah because we got people listening and so mm-hmm. i'm excited
1: yeah and i, I think uh, some of the people that are coming uh that are interesting right now we know a few that are coaches at the university of memphis that will be coming and sharing and then We have uh, Sue Campbell, who's agreed to come. We don't know exactly when, but we've got several folks who are going to be here and share with us the rest of this semester for sure. Uh, But also, hopefully, we'll continue with that. Uh, It'll be a great encouragement to students who are part of the BCM, but also other people, we hope, as, as the days go on for so.
0: sure and it's you know this kind of got sped up mm-hmm. uh, I, obviously I was talking about a podcast idea and then when we were at the beach together is when this COVID-19 coronavirus started yeah. circling around and then I'm still I was like yeah well, I've heard a little bit about it and I was like okay I'm, I'm not watching the news or anything I remember mm-hmm. we came in one day I was like okay they're canceling championship games and March Madness and yeah. I'm like okay this is this is getting serious I was like either this is a big joke <laughs> or, you know what I mean or this is serious I mean because i mean when you cancel sports it's a big yeah deal. it
1: is sure and then you hear that school's actually going online the rest of the semester it changes everything yeah right and so what what's happened with with that is uh you know you think about how has covid 19 or coronavirus affected you specifically you know what what is for instance for you weston is your life a lot different
0: just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm at the house a lot more. Yeah. And uh, I don't go to the gym anymore. Yeah. Well, that didn't change because I didn't go to the gym before. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's affected me a lot for sure. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That's sarcasm.
0: But I mean, I'm stuck in the house all day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I, I think about you too, like ministry wise. Like, I mean, your life, your your job is here to mm-hmm. minister to students, and it's like, okay, campus is closed, and it's like, well, what are you supposed to do? Just say see you in August? Yeah.
1: And, yeah.
0: I mean, people are not going to work.
1: Right. And I think that was, that is, and that was the question to a lot of people. And even as we've moved into what has now been, you know, we have a, a, a whole stay at home directive that's come from our, our city and, and municipality governments. And so we're, we're saying, Hey, you've got to stay at home and don't go out for at least 14 days, if at all possible, unless it's, uh, you know, essential that you're there. Uh, and, and I think about, for instance, a lot of churches. And ministries, they're saying, "How do we move forward with this?" And so, you know, there are different people who've done different things, and and I think it's been interesting for me because I've talked to a lot of pastors and a lot of uh, folks on church staffs and in ministries about, you know, how are you guys approaching this, and what are you doing uh, to to adjust your ministry? And some some churches are, are just trying to stay, you know, they're trying to survive, uh, and and rightly so. You're just trying to say, "How how do we bridge this?" problem uh, and and get out on the other side. And, mm-hmm. and then other churches are, are creating new avenues and, and adjusting. And, and I think it's a personal thing, too, is a lot of times we're thinking, well, I wonder what everybody else is going to do. But I think we even have to say, you know, what am I going to do to make sure that my life has value and purpose during this time? Because I think the first thing that came over in my in, in my mind, and I don't know if this is true for you, but was like man, I don't know. What do we do? do we just close down and <laughs> right. like, I just go sit at home and watch Netflix or, I was you know, what, the same thing. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, and I think a lot of students maybe and a lot of young adults and, and people who their job got closed down or whatever, they're saying, well, I don't have anything to do. And so I think uh, that's some of what I think we want to talk about today is, right. okay, we're in the situation. What do we need to do? Well, first of all, we need to follow what the government has told us to do. We need to stay at home as much as is possible. We need to, you know, keep from affecting other people. And and I think you know you mentioned something earlier about young people and forty percent. Forty percent are what? What was the? the- so the
0: statistic in uh, Shelby County area, which is the county that Memphis is in, uh, it's the majority age range the top age range 40 percent of uh is actually that are carrying the virus and that has the virus is 21 to 35 year olds or something like that Mm -hmm. i could barely get that statistic out of my mind no i understand (laughs)
1: yeah but it's saying that you guys that age range is most likely to have it right but also most least likely to be you know long term affected by it but definitely transfer it. Right. And so there are people, our grandparents and our, our moms and dads and, and other people in the community who could be affected by it and it would turn into something more. And, and it, even if it goes into a selfish mode is that you're thinking, well, I'm never going to be able to graduate or I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to finish school or I'm not going to get, be able to work. But the longer we stay out there and keep living like we have been living, the longer the virus continues. So it's it's just use wisdom in that. But I don't think that's really what we're trying to talk about right, here right. today. That's true.
0: Um, obviously, some thoughts. Uh, it's, it's overwhelming, yeah. to say the least. It's overwhelming, but even though you're just still at home, because now you find yourself in going from a routine, okay, I get up in the morning, I wake up, shower, read my Bible, go to school, go to class, bounce, see people. Now it's like, okay, I'm home. Mm-hmm. And there's a TV in front of me, and it's like, and a remote, And why does that remote keep looking like it's getting closer (laughs) and I need to watch those things. But I mean, we've looked at scripture. You've got some scriptures here that tell us what our main agenda Mm -hmm. needs to be. Well, not necessarily main agenda, but the thought that we need to keep that hovers over this season and this time that we're in.
1: Sure. Well, just a few of them and I, and I, I have them down here on this paper, but you know, it's sort of a progression when you look at scripture it, it talks to us about so many different topics but in this one these verses we've sort of identified uh psalm 90 verse 12 would be a great verse just for for anybody to to remember and to, to underline and look up in scripture and uh, and put it in their heart but it's it says this teach us to count our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. And, you know, it's it's basically number your days, count your days. And I think it's it's not just saying, hey, count as in, like, keep a calendar. But I, I think it's saying really, you know, make the best use of your days because your days are limited on this earth. You know, there's even verses that say things like, hey, you know, there's a time for everything under the sun in Ecclesiastes. But it's it's basically saying, you know, teach us, Lord, to count our days so that we can gain wisdom. And so I think the person who doesn't count their days or the person who doesn't use their days for the best uses, then they end up not being wise. Uh, There's a guy named Chris Rice who wrote a song a long time ago. And if he's out there somewhere, hi, Chris. (laughs) I, I, I went to college with Chris, but he wrote a song that says, teach us to count our days and teach us to make our days count. And I think that's an important uh, tool for us to, to understand. Uh, there's another verse you want to read that? Ephesians five? Yeah Ephesians uh, five, fifteen through sixteen.
0: It says, "Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil." Mm-hmm.
1: You know as you look at that verse, it, it tells us, hey, we, we need to be wise in how we walk every step." you know, when you're out walking, uh, you, you look for things. I, I walked this week with my wife and, and my daughter at one point, and uh, there's a lot of place because of the rain that mud had sort of piled up, and so we had to be careful where we walked. We, we were watching where we were going. We were counting our steps in some sense, and I think sometimes what we do is we just aimlessly go through life and we don't count or be, we're not careful how we walk. We need to be wise. And we, I love that scripture says, make the best use of the time because the days are evil. In right. other words, you know, right now we are in a situation that I heard someone describe uh, recently is that it's like a war, mm-hmm. is that there's not been anything comparable for us in this current generation uh, besides 9-11. And even that didn't affect us nationwide right. in the same way since World War II. You know, World War II, there were rations and things like that. You couldn't get certain things because of just all the supply and demand and, and so on. Well, now we're in a situation like where the days are evil. We need to make the best use of our time. Right. And uh, then the last verse that we're going to look at is Colossians 4, 5, and 6, and it's got a different perspective. And it said, why don't you read that too? Colossians 4, 5 through
0: 6, it says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person.
1: Yeah, if you see the progression, I mean, the first one is count your days, make Mm -hmm. your days count. The second one is make the best use of your time because the days are evil. But the third one says be wise in how you use your time toward people outside the faith and it it could be people outside your family, it could be people outside your community, or it could be really more specifically outside the Christian faith, is we need to be wise. We need to be wise in how we speak to them. We need to be wise in how we use our time. And so we've just we got a few things here that we're going to talk about related to those verses about making our days count, making our life count. Because, you know, like I said, we found
0: ourselves in this weird funk. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned it a minute ago that, This is probably the most substantial thing that's happened since 9-11. Not just, I mean, you can say impact, but the cure that we're trying to implement is just as, I don't want to say the word dangerous, but it's just as substantial as how it's affecting every life of American. Because we're looking, I mean, I see a lot of college students, you know, not much has changed, we're not working and stuff like that, finances are getting tight, but for a lot of people... 401ks are going down like Mm -hmm. this is serious stuff Mm -hmm. that's happening and i I remember we were at beach reach when all this was going on i came out of the room there talking about they're shutting down ncaa and this i was like oh my goodness i was like no basketball Mm -hmm. and i wasn't really joking when i said it it could have came off that way i was like this might be the biggest thing that happened since 9-11 and they kind of looked at me like i was making a crude joke and i was like i was like i I shook it i was like no i'm like i'm serious i'm like i haven't when's the last time they're canceling like college basketball right like really right. Like coming up on march madness it's like nah and so we find ourselves in this funk waking up in every day and it's like how are we going to plan our day and what tips do we have here
1: uh what's the first one we got here so so here's what we they all start with p that'll help you perfect uh so <laughs> the first one is power your day and uh you know when i think of power your day i think about a car that starts just because a car starts doesn't mean it's going anywhere yet but but you need something to start your day that powers your day uh every day so i think that has to do with when you get up why you get up how you get up and and with what you use you know whether it could be things like i don't know how you power your day but Mm -hmm. like coffee sometimes help start your day right shower uh, shower, shower. Yeah. yeah power shower you know <laughs> get, look at you. <laughs> there we go uh, so clever <clears throat> sorry i can't help it uh you never stop <laughs> i don't i don't it, it, it's ignition it's the it's the thing that really sort of kicks off your day and some people it's they get up and they go run the first thing or they get up and they drink coffee and they sit down with god's word and and i think that's part of the start of your day is you try to find a way to kick that day off on purpose don't just wake up. A lot of people at this stage especially are just going to sort of go, I'm going to roll out of bed whenever it happens. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is they miss a lot of significant productive uh, aspects of their day because they don't even start their day. Right. They just sort of accidentally fall into it, you know, when be- they get out of bed. Because the morning is some of the most productive
0: time that you have sure. before lunch. It can be. And it you know whether it's like that big project you want to tackle mm-hmm. i I've, I've read and listened to a bunch of productivity people for people that work at home that run their own business uh, entrepreneurs business owners because you have to be this self-starter mm-hmm. you have to hold yourself accountable like you have to do your bills you have to do mm-hmm. the projects you got to do everything from bookkeeping to the actual service or the product that you're providing mm-hmm. and how are you going to do that right especially if you like staying up late and you know you're rolling out of the bed late and so yeah powering your day is a big deal Mm -hmm.
1: well and this is how you you know it it could be that your alarm or it could be music it could be anything that just sort of gets your day going but it's important that that's the case and that it's not by accident it's on purpose start your day when you get in the car you don't turn key accidentally uh it has to happen um the second thing would be that you after you start your day you really want to give a plan to your day and you could do this the night before or you could do it after you power your day but regardless planning your day is important i don't know how do you how do you plan your day typically weston
0: i typically i'm i'm a big planner and i can be an over planner Mm -hmm. planning is good but letting it flow and you know do what you need to do. Type be flexible. Dude. Sure, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. You yeah. need to be flexible. And it was anything keeping this simple. And I've liked how you've kept this simple. But how I personally plan my day is, I'm thinking just before lunch, what am I trying to get done? Because yeah. I know once I eat lunch, depending what I eat, if I go and get takeout, it makes me feel bad. I'm sleep. <laughs> I'm sleepy. You know, I'm yeah. less productive. I may like push meetings and stuff for the, like phone mm-hmm. calls and stuff to the afternoon. Yeah. But planning my day, uh, I'm I'm trying to get in the word first yeah. thing. And we've all heard that, but I'm trying to get into the word. The first thing, knock out that to-do list is what I have every day. Because if it ain't on the list, I'm going to forget, sure. even if it's a small thing.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to write it down or have it, you know, you may do it digitally. The, there's a thing that call, called pen and paper that people used what? to use. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like I've heard that people are actually writing notes again and stuff like that. It's amazing. But, That's weird. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. And you actually take time to write down what your day is going to be about. And what that does is that just gives purpose to your day. It really does. If you plan it now, it may be another BCM director in our state said this recently. He said that he'll take his day and segment it into three sections and he'll identify what he's going to do in the morning, what he's going to do in the afternoon, what he's going to do in the evening. And so it's really good when that's the case. You segment it that way or segment it into hours if you need a little more structure and especially if you have projects due for school and things like that, it's important to plan your day. So power your day, plan your day. Right, and then we have prioritize
0: yep. things that matter the most to you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is work you have to get done. If you're you know you're a college student or a young adult. You got stuff you need to work on at your house mm-hmm. if you're living outside your parents' house or your parents making you do chores. Yeah. Well, you probably need to move out. <laughs> or you got work you need to go to. You got things that you got to do home from work. You've got schoolwork because it's all online now. You need to prioritize these things. Really ask yourself what matters the most. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're Christians, we're followers of Christ, and we're going to tell you to read your Bible in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. But I mean, we need to take this seriously because. I mean, reading the Bible, praying, these spiritual disciplines, you know, when we think about disciplines, these are things, we'll take prayer, we'll take Bible reading in the morning. Mm -hmm. These are things that, you know, they're not always the most fun thing to do. Right. That's why they're a discipline. You know, I I read an article about prayer and it was like, yeah, I've heard the guy said in the article, yeah, I heard um, some people speak and they talk about prayer. And it just—it makes it sound like angels are descending upon them as they pray, but I think I've about figured out that angels are always descending upon them is what they think. <laughs> and, but it's a discipline, and it's sure. hard. And yeah. I remember uh, Dave Ramsey wrote a book called Entree Leadership mm-hmm. for business owners, entrepreneurs, and he started breaking down these things when we think about our day into four categories, all dealing with two things, mm-hmm. importance and urgency. And I was thinking about this as I was driving today, Number one, when we think about prioritizing your day, ca- uh, he calls them quadrants. Ca- yeah. Quadrant Four one. Quadrants, yeah. Quadrant one, they are urgent and important. Mm-hmm. These are things you got to do to keep the lights on. What is what your main priority? I mean, your work that you have to do. These are things like do your schoolwork, go to work, mm-hmm. work from home. Quadrant two are the things that are important, but they're not urgent. Right. Those are the ones that sneak up on you. Working out you know you haven't worked out or you're eating terrible next thing you know you're having open heart surgery and it, mm-hmm. it's like well these are things that are important but they're not pressing spiritual disciplines they're important but they're they're not pressing it's three days and you haven't read your bible and you're like what have i been doing mm-hmm. You say, why does god feel, god why do you feel far right said, well dummy you haven't been talking to me you know i haven't what's the joke god hasn't moved yeah quadrant three which are things that are urgent but they're not important and what's a good example of urgent but not important? Well, a cell phone. Yeah. Because you're nonstop getting notification. You're getting texts. You're getting Instagram notifications for somebody that commented on your picture mm-hmm. two weeks ago because they're stalking your profile. <laughs> How do these things matter? And they're distracting right. us. Yeah. And then the last quadrant are things that are not important and not urgent. Yeah, TV, all these other things that do not matter in the middle of the day when you're trying to get stuff done. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it's balancing all those things, trying to figure out which one uh, is is like you said is urgent is important but not urgent if if we work on those from that quadrant mostly and we prioritize those things then that actually helps our day run smoother and I think it's important to to notice you know think about in your spiritual if you were to identify there's things every day that you can do that can help your spiritual health there's things every day that can help your mental health there's things every day that can help your physical health right. and things that can help your emotional health. And, you know, when I think about mental, I think, you know, we need to set some goals of, to read a book or we need to set goals of exercising or we need to set goals of, of time alone with the Lord and maybe memorizing scripture or spir- spiritual disciplines. And as we do that, that gives us growth in the things that we prioritize. So obviously our most prioritized thing is, is our relationship with Christ. And then the next thing would be people. Uh, you know, what are we doing? to grow closer to jesus what are we doing to grow closer to people so and then i think after you prioritize those things and sort of take time every day to identify how to grow in those areas at the end of your day i think you ponder so we've got, mm-hmm. I know that's. it's all cheesy, but it's <laughs> power your day, plan your day, prioritize your day and the things you're doing that day, and then ponder on your day, reflect on it. And I think journaling is, is important. I think it's, it's something that we ought to consider doing in our lives, even if it means we write down some of the stuff we plan and then identify how those things have gone. But it helps you to think, how have I spent my day? Have I been productive today? Have I been doing things that make the most of the time that I have you know those are the questions we need to ask and it relates back to those verses and maybe you write those verses and put them on your mirror in your bathroom is how to make the most of your time Uh, right
0: and I've got a scripture that came to mind while you were mentioning prioritize and we need to ponder our day because we got to remember Jesus is the reason for it all and like, like I said, we're Christians. You're going to hear this stuff all the time. But what like what does this relationship with Christ really mean to mm-hmm. you? You've heard the term. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. You can you can be saved, but if you're not choosing to know Christ deeper and and just move forward into this intimate relationship with you, it's like like you know really like what are you doing? And and John 15:4 says, "Abide in me, and I in you." as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine so neither can you unless you abide in me and i think it adds later apart from me you
1: can do nothing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's something we got to remember in this time and and here's one of the things that i i just wrote down as a reminder to me is that that if you want peace and confidence in your life right now because a lot of people are concerned about peace in this storm and 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 they're not very confident about things. And so if you want peace and confidence, I think if you don't have purpose and productivity in your life in the way that you're living, then you're not going to find those things. You're not going to find peace. You're not going to find confidence because you're not being productive in your life and you're not being purposeful in your living. So try to do that because the opposite of that is procrastination and pointless activities they produce anxiety and depression. Yeah. Here's the biggest concern I have is that we're already in a culture where anxiety is overwhelming and it doesn't mean that it's always related to this only, but I think a lot of young adults are going through anxiety because they spend so much time with noise Mm -hmm. and so much time with self involved aspects of living. They're not thinking about anybody else. They're not thinking about how they can impact the world they're thinking how they can get ahead, or they're thinking how they can meet their needs or survive, and anxiety is a direct result of not being productive and not being on purpose in the way we live. Uh, again, there are exceptions to that, and I don't ever want to underestimate those exceptions. Uh, people have disorders and, and struggle with anxiety, right. and I understand that, but but I believe, honestly, we can help ourselves if we Power our day, if we plan our day, if we prioritize our day, and practice disciplines in our our faith especially, right. and then take time to reflect on every day and how we use it. If we do those four things every single day, this time of being at home and being in a weird situation, I think it'll it'll change what we're doing. Right. An
0: interesting thought that came to my mind is we take a step back and we look at this whole thing culturally and socially let's take a step back and put it in reverse and we go and look at i'll think about a time the 1950s when my grandmother uh was growing up and my grandmother she tells me all the time it's it's funny hearing the stories uh she used to pick cotton my grandfather worked in the sawmill, and they lived they grew up in eastern arkansas i'll say it is there was nothing out there Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's and it's like What's going on? And I think about what if they were to hear what we were talking about today? Yeah. What if some people back then would have heard what we're like discussing here? Like, we've got this plan, so we just don't freak out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they probably call us soft. Yeah. But here's the deal we live in a society and a culture now where we are. Everything is at our fingertips. Yep. Technology has really amplified mm-hmm. a lot of these things that, like you said, we're, we live in noise. We right. live in distraction. And I think about them, and she tells me everything her dad could do. Her dad could, uh, I think, play the violin, cut hair. Like He could do everything. <laughs> I, and I saw their house over yeah. there like a, a year or two ago where they grew up, and it's, there's nothing out there. Yeah. And I was like, they're living in the time there probably that we're living in here. Yes, they could go to town and stuff. I'm like, we can't even leave our house hardly. Right. But it, it's, it's different, and we, we find ourselves—we we just need to be prepared because of the sure. society and culture we live in. That yeah. was my point. But. Well,
1: and I think, you know, as I, I was talking about churches earlier, is that I, I remember there's a church here in town. Uh, I talked to their pastor. It's, it's Brinkley Heights, and they have a ministry called Street Reach that basically is in the community that they live in, uh, in that Brinkley Heights community. And they, they actually minister to kids in the inner city. And they have an academy. And, and I thought, wow, everything that they have is probably shutting down. So when I talked to Tim on the phone, the pastor there, they have ramped up what they're doing. Because really? they're, they're saying, hey, because there's great need in this community and because of this situation, we're trying to figure out how we can meet those needs now in a different way. Mm-hmm. As opposed to them saying, we've just got to figure out how to stay alive. They're saying, we're adding this and our teachers at our academy are going into these homes or, you know, dropping off supplies and they're, they're making calls and they're doing this and we're feeding people and we're opening this and we're doing this. And they're still abiding by the the regulations, you know, Mm -hmm. around, but what they're doing is they're actually increasing ministry during this time, increasing relationships. And one other pastor told me this, they said, you know, sometimes we're so dependent on programs that when something like this happens, we have to really identify what is it that we're about right. as a church, as a ministry, as Christians. Mm-hmm. And I think this is causing us to really evaluate how do we spend our time? Is it dependent on whether our church has an activity or dependent on whether the BCM is you know, having a fellowship or whatever you wanna call it as to whether I'll be involved in walking the Christian life is it dependent on whether or not I am around people who are just like this you know source for me or is it because I'm plugged into my relationship with Christ. And then in community, I can do that with other people, whether it be through Zoom or phone calls. Th- those are things mm-hmm. that are relatively new, it seems like, mm-hmm. but it's actually what's most important. Right. It's
0: what fuels us. So it's how early. many weeks have we been outside of a congregational meeting of church? One Has it been a little over a week already? Yeah,
1: it's, it's most churches have done it twice. Right. Uh, some have just done it once, but uh, people are trying to adjust depending on their circumstances and some of them are smaller churches and older churches and some of them are you know larger churches with more resources but i love how everybody's pooling together and working together and sharing resources it's really cool
0: you know we're going to be getting to see i mean think about it a month from now and people that sit at home like i just i haven't done anything with church Mm -hmm. in a month and (laughs) something that you said you've told your kids is is what about the building
1: (laughs) yeah it's the church is not the building i mean you know we can drive by a church and see the building and and they uh i say is that a church this is when they were younger uh they roll their eyes now if i were to say that but i'd say is that a church and they'd go yeah and i said no it's not the church is the people and the the people obviously everybody talks about that right now i've seen you know pictures and memes and things like that about that but uh You know, really, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one church actually I talked to uh, today, one pastor told me that what they've done is they sent out their church directory to their members. Hmm. And what they said is you take the five people on the list below you and you call them and and check on them every week and pray with them. Wow. I thought, what? that's the church. That's the church. It's it's calling (laughs) and talking and listening and praying and loving and asking their story what's your story how did you come to know christ i want to know you know that's the church
0: and it's this virus and this situation that we're in has forced us to do that and it's and
1: it's kind of sad i mean it is i'm not
0: looking at i'm not looking at other churches churches that i don't go to i'm looking at myself yeah you know i have a family group Mm -hmm. it's like in my Calling these people throughout the week, am I checking? Because now I have no choice. Because it's the only way I'm going. Unless I make an effort, I'm not going to see them. You know what I mean? You
1: can't just put it out there. You you have to actually connect with people for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's not just
0: when you see them in walking or passing or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think too. It's uh, you know, it's it's practice for the persecuted church. If you want to know what the persecuted church, how they exist, this is probably it. Yeah. In a lot of ways, obviously not exactly, but in a lot of ways. So. Uh, I think it's really good. And and there's some tips that we have just, you know, uh, related to what we've just talked about that I think are important. Um, You know, tips to help others in this is, you know, think about ways that you can serve people. There could be people in your community, in your neighborhood, close to you that you could just even, you know, take something to their house if they need it, check on them, uh, share your supplies with them. Uh, that's where we get energy, you know, and I think, and I don't don't want to sound new age. It's not energy like that, but like, I think as we share and serve, it actually brings to us encouragement, even though we're ministering to other people, it ministers to us too. Uh, You know, I I, I, not joke, but I I think it's funny that every system that we have in our body, whether it's the uh, respiratory or the digestive or the circulatory, all those systems typically, even our skin uh, grows new cells and then sheds old cells or dead cells. You know, we, we have uh, breathe in oxygen. We breathe out what is it we breathe out? Uh, CO2. CO2, yeah, carbon dioxide. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a scientist, but I, I know some things. I'm glad I answered it yeah. right. <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, carbon dioxide is a thing you don't want in your house, right? Yeah, okay. It, it doesn't comes from matter. the car, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> It'll kill you. That's exhaust, though. And that's funny because, mm-hmm. you know, what we're talking about here is this, is that if all we do as believers is take in and we don't have a system of exhaust as in helping others or serving others, then we become unhealthy. And I think in this time, that's what we need to think about: is how we can serve other people, so that we grow through this. And so, if all we're doing is going, "Oh me, I'm so sad because," I mean, it's either Eeyore or Tigger. One of the two is you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna be one of those two. You know, <laughs> that's funny. You're you're gonna be the guy that goes, "Oh my word, I, you know, I've got a house, but uh, the roof fell in. You know, whatever." versus Tigger who's like excited to see everybody and serving it doesn't mean you have to have a personality that's different than what you have but it means that you're looking to serve other people right that's
0: good well that's a a lot of things we talked about today Mm -hmm. so I would say kind of for those who are listening and going out there I mean we talked about everything from how to plan your day so laziness doesn't defeat you and procrastination doesn't lead to pointless activities as you said Uh, we talked about you know the vision of this podcast knowing loving and pursuing Christ and we talked about all of this and how it ties together in the midst of COVID-19 being out there Mm -hmm. just you know I'd hate to just say that this COVID-19 the coronavirus is opportunity because like I said it's it's a big deal, and a lot of people are hurting from it, mm-hmm. and, it and it's scary. You know what I mean? I think yeah. about my grandparents. I mean, I'm, my, to quote my mother, who's a nurse, you don't, if you go see them, you you wash your feet, you wash mm-hmm. your hands, you just go take a shower, and then, yeah. Yeah. and so it's it's dangerous, but it's dangerous. But as we walk away, what would you say is a challenge yeah. uh, for people listening?
1: Well, for me, I, I think about exactly what you said is that when you think about this situation, a lot of us are going, you know, this is a terrible thing and uh, somebody said this recently i read this somewhere probably on social media but uh, (laughs) (laughs) i read this where somebody said you know what are what are we going to say well we're going to say as adults who live through this we're going to say this was a catastrophe it was terrible it was like we were kept away and all this kind of stuff but what are the eight-year-olds that are living right now going to say they're going to say Man, it was the coolest thing ever. We got to stay home. We got to play. We got to hang out with our family. We ate together. We cooked. We baked. We, you know, we watched mm-hmm. movies together. We, we laughed. We, you know, my family played cards last night for several hours. And, you know, I think what's going to happen is our perspe- perspective, our perception of this is really important. And I think, um, you know, I've, I've shared this illustration with some students before, and I'll finish with this as far as like what I want to share but there was a, a lady who saw a cocoon on a tree and she was thinking oh that's cool and she brought it home she put it in a glass jar <clears throat> a mason jar and she watched it and soon she saw where the cocoon was struggling and she could see a little opening where the butterfly was trying to come out and she was excited and she was trying to watch it and and it felt like it's struggling so much to get out of this cocoon Maybe I should help it out a little bit. So what she does is she goes in and she just sort of opens the cocoon up a little bit so that the butterfly can get out easier. And soon the butterfly just sort of falls on the bottom of the glass jar and flops around and shortly after that dies. And so she was confused. She was thinking, I, you know, what is going on here? I thought, you know, they'd live and they start flying as soon as they come out of the cocoon. And so she talked to somebody who at her university to say, Hey, what, what is the deal here? You know, somebody that knew about those kinds of things, a bug doctor or whatever you call it, professor, (laughs) Um, but, but the, the professor said this, basically the process of getting out of the cocoon is what builds the muscles in the wing to provide the opportunity for that butterfly to fly. Mm -hmm. If you rob the struggle from the butterfly, it won't fly. And I think for us, what we have to identify is here is got to think, how can I purposefully live and serve and share the gospel during this time? I mean, we we have opportunities to call people and connect with people that we've never talked to during the regular time just to say, hey, I was just thinking about you. You know, I I have your phone number or, hey, let me message you on some social media platform to just start a conversation and say, hey, uh, do you mind if I share my story? Right, You know, this could be a great opportunity for growth and for us to see God do a work uh, of renewal and uh, multiplication that we've never seen. The Great Commission could be, you know, just take off during this time because people start to think this is this is our purpose. Right. So So
0: how are we using our time during this like you sent out in our. uh Baptist Collegiate Ministry group message, call two people a day, check up on people. So I think we should take that if you're listening and take that and run with it. And we encourage you to do that. Well, that's the end of it, Jeff. First episode, technically number nine because I did eight (laughs) last year. But uh, thank you again for letting us use the building. Everyone who's listening, thank you for checking us out. You can find uh, more of our episodes that we've already done and the future ones we will post on Apple and Spotify podcast at the long run podcast so just check that out also all the episodes will be if you don't have uh, access to apple Podcasts or spotify it'll be at www.thelongrunpodcast.org thanks so much for listening